So when you want to start your own event or conference, it's going to take grit, perseverance, and a great plan in place. So here's a quick checklist on what you need to secure before you start running to, the, to that rooftop and announcing your event to the world. Hello, welcome to Monetizing Mompreneurs podcast, where I take you behind the scenes with industry leaders, entrepreneurs, moms, working professionals, and amazing people pursuing their passions and going for their dreams. And I'm your host, Linda Mendable. This mini episode is all about how to produce an event or a conference. So events take an incredible amount of effort, sweat equity, and resource to pull off successfully. There are certain things you need to have in place before you even consider telling a single person about the event. And that's a great thought provoking why. Like, why are you starting this event? So before we get into the nitty gritty of pulling together a showstopper, and after you secured your why, which will help you win those low points and established the market in which your event is made for, you have to consider your resources and budget. So this is when a plan starts coming into place. Thankfully, you're listening to this to help provide you a great advantage towards your successful endeavor. What went wrong? At the time, I didn't know but I didn't have a strong enough why. And because of that, it trickled down to not having any form of strategy, goal setting, or a marketing plan that converted. How strong your why is will eventually lead to how successful your event will be. Remember this when putting together your next successful event. So when you want to start your own event or conference, it's going to take grit, perseverance, and a great plan in place. So here's a quick checklist on what you need to secure before you start running to the <laughs> to that rooftop and announcing your event to the world. Number one, know your why, as I was saying in the first place. So my first event had a whopping two attendees. I had a great piece of promotional artwork circulating, invited plenty of people, and let's not even talk about the emails. Great turnout, right? That's what you thought, right? That's what you would think. What went wrong? At the time, I didn't know it, but I didn't have a strong enough why. Consequently, it trickled down to not having any form of strategy, goal setting, or a marketing plan that converted. How strong your why is will eventually lead to how successful your event will be. Remember this when putting together your next successful event. Start with that inner work, girl. Start with that inner work. Know your who. That's number two. Next on the checklist. Know your who. The next thing you need to do after you have solidified your why is understand your who. Who are you targeting? Who is that ticket holder or who is that you visualize will benefit the most from your event or conference? When it came time for us to start promoting, it wasn't hard as to basically target the right people and get more yeses than noes. I knew exactly who the event was for, so I reached out to the individuals I knew the event would benefit the most. So I've had some failed events and I've also had some successful events. And in my successful events, they turned out pretty good because I knew who I was targeting. And so when you know your why and you have a strong enough um, vision, 
you'll also know your who because your why and your who are kind of intermingling. They work together. Okay, number three on the checklist, set your goals. What are your goals? What are your goals for the event? How many people would you like to host? How much are you willing to spend? How much do you plan on making? How many people do you plan on reaching? Goals help you track your progress and keep you on track towards a knockout event. And let me tell you, goals are so important because they tell you like where you need to move forward, where you need to pull back a little bit, where you can coast, let you know, are you doing okay? Are you doing well? You're always checking in with yourself. You're checking in with your numbers, seeing where your numbers are at. So you really need quantifiable goals. Quantifiable goals mean goals that you can track. Number four, budget. What is the total cost of your event and how much are you willing to basically invest? This includes like venue, props, food, hired help, etc. Are you receiving any money from your sponsors? Are you investing your, your own personal finances into this project? Is it virtual? I know we're hosting um, Monetizing Mompreneurs virtual events and You know, ours specifically is going to be virtual and it's less of a cost. I'm a web designer, so I don't have to um, have that big bulk on hiring a web designer. So I'm able to do, I'm able to kind of like eat that cost, right? But I'm also spending my time, but I was able to outsource the things I'm not great at. For one thing, I'm, to be honest with you, I am not great with emails. Like I know I understand emails are a big deal and I send them out periodically, but I am not the best at like sending a respond back, but I'm getting better. So I'm working on that. I've always had like one thing I'm working on. And that is one of the things that I am working on this 2023, because in order to be successful, you got to communicate, right? You have to touch base with the people that want to know you more or talk to you or basically network with you. Number five, build a team. Delegation is key. Write a list of all the different components and tasks you need to accomplish and decide which to delegate. Asana is a great tool, Trello, Airtable, ClickUp, Monday. All those are great tools to help you have an amazing to-do list. And I use, personally, um, Trello. I used to use Asana. I don't use it anymore. But I use Trello, Airtable, and ClickUp. That is what we're using right now. Our podcast is on ClickUp. We had someone that amazing that was amazing with us, and she hooked it up and set us up in ClickUp. I don't really enjoy ClickUp, but you know what? It's actually getting things done. And as long as things get done, that's that's what that's what works. So I'm kind of like leaning to sticking to ClickUp, but still like using other components in Airtable and in Trello. Like I'm a very visual person. So Airtable and Trello, woo, I love it. I love I love those two things. But I understand that you will when you bring in more people to the team, some people thrive in like checklists. I do. I like checklists, but I like written checklists. But I really need to see like a bird's eye view of everything that's going on and everything that's happening. And so we also use Google spreadsheets like OMG. 
I thought you have access to all these tools. You would think that you wouldn't be using a spreadsheet, but no, we are using a spreadsheet, especially for like our marketing um, calendar. We have a promo calendar for all of the events that we're hosting, um, especially for this March 7th to the 9th, you know, please reserve your dates, register, register. Um, the link is in themendelcom slash podcast, or is actually on my site. But um, even though with all the tools, we're still using a chunk of different components because it's almost like these things um, are different, like personalities. And so not everyone likes a checklist. Some people thrive with that, you know, like, oh, all they need is a checklist and they can see everything being done. But I need like a vertical view and I actually have a physical calendar that takes me from Monday all the way up to Sunday and Saturday, all of that whole week, right? That I can block off and see my whole week. I can just see it right there in a vertical view instead of a checklist view, a whole list view. I do not thrive within that list. Maybe you do. I know I've I've rambled on that, but maybe you're like me and you need more of a vertical view. So like consider going into Trello, um, going into my template shop. I have a lot of templates of Trello and I'm building a lot of goodies out. So please check it out at lindamendable.com slash shop. But anyways, um, have a to-do list. Trello is a great tool to track your to-do list and assign tasks out to your team. When it was time for me to start putting together a team for my event, especially this one, we knew we needed speakers and we I know I needed an MC. Oh, let me tell you, I did not know all the little things that needed to take place. I just knew like, yes, Summit, that was the direction that we were headed. But anyways, there are a lot of things that you wouldn't even consider. But when you delegate to these people that are professionals in their niche, right? Because we have an MC for March 7th through the 9th. You know, we have uh, putting a contact for our speakers, and then we have um, Janice, who is my VA, and she's pretty much like handling the emails and certain, and of course the podcast. And absolutely wonderful to work with. Love Janice. Definitely recommend. Ten out of ten. She's amazing. She has been there in situations that I'm just like, wow, total rock star. So so happy to have her by my side as as we continue to move forward consider like all the things that you're not great at like for me i knew i can handle the forms like boom 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 handle the systems boom 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 handle sops that we need boom 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 and handle the organization because i can see the overall picture and everything like that but of course these individuals are professional within their niche, they can go with the little tiny details that I'm not able to oversee or even consider because I'm looking at the bigger picture, the visionary of the event, because the event is pretty much a very, very big deal um, for me in the overall vision of what I want monetizing entrepreneurs to become. And so just think about how your event is going to impact your business and that strong why. So we have a very, very strong why. Um, and that is why I'm able to understand who I need to delegate what to. And so for me, I get to do the graphics. I get to do my level of, of expertise within the event. 
um, show up the way that I need to with the podcast, with the event, and then just structure everything because the way that my mind works, just structure everything is somewhat of a funnel that works together that gets people in, if that makes sense. Um, putting out intrigue, um, letting um, our speakers know, hey, these are the graphics you can use. These are the emails that we've laid out. And I already have the forms that have every single thing I need from the speakers um, in order to put together the website because um, a website, you just don't be like, oh, I'm going to host an event and then click, click, you get the website up. It doesn't work like that. But there's a lot of work because we're actually hosting our event in Hey Summit. If you go into my website and go to like resources I love or apps that I love or things I recommend, um, and it's at lindamendable.com slash resources, you can actually see all the tools I use within my own business um, and that I recommend because I know how important that is. And one of the things that I do not like sometimes is when I follow someone, I'm admiring them and I'm looking up to them and wow, they're doing so much good work and they, and they recommend a product. Yeah. You know, use this for blah, 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 blah. And then come to find out that they don't use it. I, I kind of do not like that. So I set up my resources of apps that I have used and are using and i pretty much have stated if i'm currently using or not using like mailer light is an email service provider that i did use that i no longer use i use flow um but of course i'm still thinking of transitioning to convert kit from flowdesk to convert kit because i am in email marketing strategy which i think is ridiculously important but anyways um and she uses ConvertKit and she's actually moving from Active Campaign into ConvertKit. And I'm telling you, like, she sells in email and she knows what she's talking about. I've been following her for years and um, finally signed up to one of her programs. Sometimes, y'all, it's about longevity. You can't think like you're going to be an overnight success like that. You know what I'm saying? Like, you have to be in the game for the long run build your name, build your credibility. Like people know that you're the go-to person for that. You'll be surprised how long people will follow you for until they start investing. You know, and so they start like, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I need. Let me go ahead and invest, right? Because it's what I need is the missing piece. Sometimes people are building up for that missing piece. And when I saw one of her emails come in and I love reading her emails and I love the way she delivers and stuff like that. And so when I saw one of her emails come in on a program that I thought, oh my gosh, that's exactly what I want. I'm going to go ahead and, you know, and I think it was like, um, like, a like a, a thousand dollar investment. That was a pretty, I say a thousand and up is pretty significant investment. What do you think? I don't know where you're at, but I think it's pretty significant, significant investment. And I went all in and I mean, I, I haven't had time to dig into it all, but I had some great, great feedback on certain things. Um, and, and this is the thing when you like, for me, when I entered this, this, um, program, what I was looking for was a professional outside perspective, aside from all of the other perks 
that was also involved because I also, she was giving her eyes on certain, you know, things and she had office hours and I was like, okay, this is awesome. I get to weekly touch base with her if I wanted to um, and hand off some things that maybe I want her eyes on. And that's so important in business because we can be so in it that we don't know that little tweak that can take us to that next level or can really articulate what it is that we're trying to do. And I have learned the way that you say things matter. The way that you put your words together matter. Um, Yeah, all of that good stuff. So yes, SOPs, build your team, have um, great tools so you can knock out what you need to knock out. And if you need to start in Trello, or in a spreadsheet, start there, start where you're comfortable at, or even a Google doc. And you're just outlining all the things that you need, like start somewhere, because you need to write out that list. But then you'll find that these tools that are out there help you and the people that you'll be working with knock out tasks so fast, they won't need to email you or Voxer you. Hey, I can't find XYZ, or I can't find this. Everything is all there. And that's what I love about Airtable because Airtable, yo, it's such a good tool. If you're interested in Airtable and you're like looking in it, like jump the gun, go to my fundamentable.com slash resources, click on my affiliate link, get some Airtable in your life. The only thing that I will say that, um, that I do not like too much about it, and a lot of these um, amazing programs have, is that whoever does come on your team, that you're also like paying for them to use the app. I don't fully understand it. Maybe someone can message me and DM me on why that is. Because, you know, for me, I love to be as lean as possible. So remember, be as lean as possible. See what you can do. See where you're going to outsource. But building that team is definitely key. To not have you overwhelmed as a mompreneur, right? We got littles, we got karate. Like I got karate. I'm going to karate. I want to also put my daughter in dance. We have activities. We have homework. OMG, we have homework. And we have all these things that we need to do. We also have spouse time. (laughs) All these things, all these responsibilities, clean kitchen, clean living room, laundry, aside from also building our business. And so as soon as you can delegate, like delegate, delegate, delegate. Um, I cannot stress that enough. I I knew how important it was because I knew my time was stre- stretched thin, but it definitely is trial and error that's going to get you to the next level. Because before I absolutely, for lack of a better term, sucked at delegation. I was not good at delegating. But then I I hired a business coach. You know, once I hit a certain level, I was like, you know what, I need to keep this up. And so I did. Let me go ahead and, and hire a business coach because there may be some things I'm not seeing or a perspective that I may not be seeing. And so she gave me a great perspective. And one, there's two types of people. There's the one um, that need a lot of set expectations, a lot of steps and, you know, doing, doing, doing. They need the whole thing. They can't see past 
they're like more of a technician. I forgot the term that she was using, but one type of worker, they're amazing, incredible what they do, knock things out. But if there's a gap, they need help going over that hump to that next step. So boom, there's that one type of person that you can hire. Then there's the other person that you can hire and they're more expensive. Um, Usually they come out more expensive because they know their worth because they fill the gaps. You can get them just a brief idea. They are building out the SOPs, you know, per se. And they're outside the box thinkers and everything like that. So I I guess they're thinkers and technicians or I forgot what the terms were, but I'm telling you, I had to learn that the hard way. That made so much sense. It gave me more grace towards um, people that were bringing on to the team and everything like that. And understanding who was who, that really made me understand because um, the technician, they can also come across as that thinker, for lack of better terms, I don't know what the specific terms are, but they can come across as that thinker. They're great. I'm telling you, they're hard workers, but you have to give them step by step by step on why you're doing these steps and everything like that and make sure that it's all lined up. So usually what you would do is, First, you usually would hire someone that can just knock out tedious tasks and everything like that. And like I said, they're amazing. And then you'll bring on that one that is more of an expert outside of box thinker. And usually the person that has been knocking out those tasks, they work together in such amazing ways. OMG. So, so those are the two people that you actually need because they actually help each other. Um, to achieve the goals that you're setting. So you can't knock either of them because one is more expensive, might not be in the budget. Another one uh, may be more affordable because they both can be very, very expensive. Everyone knows their own worth on what they can knock out and what can they can't. The whole thing is having to learn the two different personalities on the people that you can bring on your team was so crucial going into this next level that when I have a conversation with someone, I already know where they would fit. I know it's crazy, but because of getting that knowledge, boom, my mind took it and ran with it and understood the assignment. (laughs) No, but understood pretty much like, oh, okay, there are two different types of thinkers. Um, And I totally got it. And let me tell you, it doesn't it doesn't negate they're a good person or a bad person or it doesn't matter. They're good people regardless. And sometimes when you think, oh, this is so easy, how come this is not getting done? It could be they're more of a technician that need more step by step by step. Instead of just like, hey, this is the concept. They need step by step. I'm talking about like they need templates and like, this is kind of like the graphic. This is how it looks like. This is what we're considering. They need more of a uh, hands-on approach than the other one, right? The thinker, um, and I will get that term for you, but the thinker and, you know, that person, you can do something very brief and they'll fill in the gaps for you. Um, I've met both and I work with both and I'm telling you, they both are amazing together. But So, When you are delegating and building out your team, consider these two types of different personalities. And so that's why SOPs are crucial because you never know 
who you're getting sometimes in the interview process. Sometimes it's not easy to differentiate the two, but um, I have kind of figured out the two on how they basically communicate. I've learned that they communicate in two different types of way. Um, I feel like I haven't pinpointed what it is, but I've figured that much out. And so I have learned that in building my SOPs, I have to be considerate for both types of individuals. And when I bring on something that I don't know too much about, I'm bringing out more of a thinker. But when I bring out something that, hey, I just need these tasks to be done, then I'm bringing in the technician. And so that's what you need to consider. Who, are, who do you need? Do you need that thinker or do you need that technician for that next spot that you're hiring for? Um, because both of them work really well and they're great at knocking out tasks, but the way that you deliver the tasks that need to be knocked out is for, I guess it's more of the expert and then the, the technician and then the expert. I don't know, but I'm saying thinker because, you know, the technician, like, boom, 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 you just give the tasks um, they don't need strategy, right? They're not really, oh, strategist. Maybe it's the technician and the strategist. Boom. The technician and the strategist. Those are the two different types of people that you will encounter when trying to build out your team. I can do a whole different podcast with that. So I'm going to keep going because we are talking about how to build out your event to be successful. Next is basically the venue. Figure out where you're going to host the event. I have done in-person events, now doing virtual events. And I've done virtual events when it was with Clubhouse. That's like an audio event. And I've hosted those and we did a whole bunch of those. Oh my goodness, it was amazing. But I couldn't keep up. And many times I honestly wanted to go full steam ahead. And I had to learn how to rein it back. But regardless of the fact, are you, you know, when selecting your venue, consider a location that is appealing to your attendees, your partners, and your sponsors. When I held my in-person event, we decided to host it in this co-working space called ReCity. It was a local nonprofit, and their heart was for a community. So this venue not only had a great nonprofit component to it, but our attendees also appreciated that we partner with a venue that serves its community. So be creative on what you're searching for, for like uh, Monetizing Mompreneur's Business Summit. We're hosting it in March 7th through the 9th virtually. And so registration, you know, the tickets, we're planning on digital swag, you know, all these cool components. Um, and that's all part of the venue. So be creative with your venue that your attendees will absolutely love, your sponsors and partners would love as well, because everybody is um, basically invested. The attendees are invested, your partners and sponsors are invested, and they want this to be a good outcome. And they want it to reflect well on them. So this is not just about you. And that's what I love about events, because I really want to push other people forward. And so an event is a great way to just cross arms with people and highlight amazing amazing individuals or something amazing so number seven sponsors so start reaching out to potential sponsors as soon as the plan for your event is set each business has their own way to qualify sponsorship recipients so make a list of your ideal sponsors and start reaching out to them now before you get too ahead of yourself 
for me, I can't go too deep with the sponsors because sponsorships have not been my forte. Like how to build out a sponsorship package. I'm actually working with a few people in order to build out mine. But once we do, we'll have a packet that we can rinse and repeat. And this is why it's so important like to connect with people that are expert in their field um, because they will give you ideas. I've touched base with someone that's into PR that have has hosted events before, particularly mom events. And so they have a whole connection of um, basically potential sponsors, a whole community, a whole network. So when you're speaking with an individual, don't just look at this just one person. Look at this person as also their network, right? There's a saying that goes, your network is your net worth. So when you start building your business, I'm sure you're seeing the more people you reach, the more more your conversion rates go higher. So visibility is really key. Visibility is not just you being visible on social media. Visibility is the connections you're making with the people around you. That's true visibility. Networking with the people, the professionals, that can help you create those other networks that you need in order to have a thriving business, a thriving event. That's why these bundles are a big deal. Summits, being a speaker, they're a big deal, not just because you're providing value, but because we're connecting people together. It's magical. It's amazing. So yes, thinking about sponsors, if you're good at that, start thinking about which sponsors would be amazing Pitch them, pitch them, pitch them. I mean, what they say, if you don't try, that's already a no. So if you try, that could be a potential yes. So have that mindset. Eight, give back. A great way to make your event appealing to any audience is partnering with an amazing organization that your target audience would appreciate. For instance, like my in-person workshop, we partnered with a local nonprofit organization who teaches children how to sew. We also developed an apprenticeship program in which students were able to shadow designers and send their own unique creations down the runway. So this was incredibly like amazing and an incredible way for us to not only give back to our community, but it was also also like deeply appreciated by our target market and target audience. Like, so the event that I did, the in-person event I did, it was a two-day event um, for fashion designers. Um, And the first event was about how to blog, right? And blogging basically to sell your products because I started first having a Etsy shop, being a designer myself, having um, my items down a runway, doing those different things. And so I saw that people were having trouble and were reaching out to me about how do you get clients? How do you have so many clients? You know, X, Y, Z, which is still a question that I get to this day, but I'm trying to tell you, this is what I say. They say cash is king, but content is clean. So content, content, content is so important. And content is also your event. That's some, that's content that can be publicized. Um, other newspapers or news outlets can take that event and run with it, especially if you have structured its content the right way. And so what I did 
I partnered with fashion designers that had their fashion line. And the first day was blogging and photo shoot for headshots. It was amazing. The next day was um, basically a keynote speaker. And um, she was fabulous, by the way. Keynote speaker and basically um, runway fashion show. And the junior designers um, that we partnered with that taught children how to sew, these girls how to sew, um, they were able to shadow a designer, helping them put their line together, just seeing how it works. Um, I mean, these girls gave me such a big hug and they wanted me to do it again. And um, it was amazing. It was a, an incredible experience. I will never forget it. I cried on just putting it together. Like I went through some ups and downs putting it together. But you know what? Looking back at it, it was like one of the most memorable moments of my business career because I have a lot of memorable moments. I have three babies, but it was priceless. So you, you have to do the work. You have to put yourself out there. If you're thinking about an idea, if you're thinking about launching an event, just do it and you'll learn along the way. Of course, plan it out, the SOPs. Go by the checklist. The checklist will help you structure your event the right way and help you launch it for success. But also, you're going to learn by just doing. You can't just think that, oh, it's gonna be like this, it's gonna be like that. You never know what could go wrong. You never know the problems, the hiccups that will arise and how you're going to basically fix them. Because basically you have to have the follow through and that's what you're building. You're building out not just your systems, you're building out your your will, your discipline. You're building out all those things that will make you into a successful leader and a successful business owner because becoming a leader, and I've read a couple of books on leadership, but you don't know what type of leader you are until you're in a position to lead. And so, and that's by doing. Get yourself out there and just do. Number nine, ticket prices. So I, for me, I like to stagger ticket prices. I like to have a low, a mid-range, and a premium price point to attract audiences with various budgets. But really, um, for our virtual event, we're doing free, we're doing early bird, and we're doing full price. And so I always like to have a three-tier. Three tiers are awesome. If you give people too many choices, you're going to give them basically decision fatigue, and it's going to be no bueno. Number 10, your marketing plan. Whew. How do you plan to get the word out about your event? Do whatever it takes. Talk to as many people that are willing to listen. This is your time to hustle. Implement all forms of communication, such as cold calling, emails, including social media, etc. Be as creative and innovative as you can. Push yourself. As the saying goes, if you want something you've never had, you must be willing to do something you've never done. So I want to talk a little bit about the code calling. So this is basically pitching to sponsors, right? You're going to be pretty much code calling them or code DMing them. Don't be afraid to do that. You never know when you're going to get that yes. I do not recommend hitting somebody up, code DMing them to buy a ticket. Nah, you don't do that. But if you're looking for partnerships, that's a bit different. I don't recommend DMing. I recommend emailing. 
Do not DM somebody in a code pitch unless you're giving something away. Like for me, I will be up in someone's DM asking them, hey, you know, I would absolutely love for you to be a speaker at my event, X, Y, Z. I would absolutely do that because I know that's an opportunity. But it's not really cold DMing for me. I would say it's cold DMing because I have made already that connection, but maybe I haven't talked about my event. But I won't just see someone, oh, they have a large following. They're amazing at what they do. I have never conversed with them. I'm going to go ahead and DM them to be a speaker. I won't, I won't do that. I will go through my, my applicants. And then there will be certain individuals that I have invested in, have been in their programs, that I will ask them, hey, I have this opportunity for you to become a speaker. Would you want to be a part of this event? Um, usually, those are really difficult to book. For some reason, they, they're very busy individuals. There's a lot um, harder to book um, because I guess they weren't planning on attending your event. They didn't apply for it, so they're not waiting for a response. So I would say that's like a last resort. I would actually tune more into the applicants than anything else um, than doing that co-DMing. Um, I don't recommend it. But if you you know have great communication and all that, go ahead. But usually I have found when I do DM friends, people that I know, like business friends, that I know that we have DM and everything like that and have, have a relationship, they're a little bit slower on getting all of their content in to make the event a success. Like they're a bit slower to fill out that applicant form in order for you guys to get all of the stuff for the website. So I just want you to know that usually the people that are the best responsive are the ones that have applied to be part of the experience and letting them know in the DM before you send out an email, hey, you've been chosen. I just wanted to let you know I'm so excited. I love doing that. It's so awesome. Because usually those are going to be the most responsive because they feel seen by you. You know, email is so easy, right? You can pass that off and put it, you know, they don't know if it's from you or from a VA. But DM, usually more than not, they will know it's from you. I know I, know I handle my own DMs. So, yes. If this was helpful, let me know. But I hope it was. And I hope that this mini checklist will help you have a fabulous event. Until next time. Ciao. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you have a chance, stop by the website at lindabendable.com. Sign up for the Blog Cure, which is an awesome, awesome course that I created that will help you set up your blog or take your blog to the next level. And join us over at Monetizing Mompreneurs Facebook group. I just want to say again, thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening. Thank you for listening.